everybody. I hope, I hope you had a nice lunch here. I hear this hall was packed and sounds, it sounds great. And um, just to, get, to give you an outline of what we're going to be doing this evening, it's a pretty standard set for Digging Deeper. We've got, uh, uh, I'm going to say a bit about forgiveness, and then um, we're going to sing again, and then we're going to have a little bit of prayer time, and then coffee, and then after that there'll be a, a chance to talk about some of the things I've talked about with each other, and um, we'll get some discussion going, which is often, I think, the most helpful part of, of Digging Deeper, so I hope you'll hang on in there for that. So, forgiving, is it worth it? Forgiveness, we talk a lot about, don't we, in, uh, in Christian faith. We're always talking about forgiveness, and it's really core to our faith, isn't it? Just going back a step, when I finish a novel, especially a long one, and it's been sort of a companion to me, and I've had been reading it for a while, and I get to that moment at the end of the book, you know when you get to the last page, and you've, sometimes if it's been a really good book, I read the last page slowly because I don't really want to finish it. And you get to the end and you shut the book, and there's a moment when you feel something. There's a residue. There's a, there's a moment there when you've got a... If it was, if it was a, it, when, you know, when you know what it was about, you're thinking, what was that about? And it's the same if you've been to a, a film. You know, we've been to see a film. That moment when you walk out of the cinema and you're left with something, a feeling. Now, if it had been a light, frivolous book, you know, just about, just for fun, that I'd just been reading on the beach or something, um... I might just think, oh, well, that was light and airy and just let it go. But if it was a weightier tome, sometimes that feeling that you get when you just hear the book go shut, there's something more, there's something, that was heavy, that was meaty, that was something in that that I really need to cling on to. Or if it was a film, you might think, wow, I need to think about that. Well, when we get to the end of this evening, digging deeper, if you were coming for a light read, a novel that you might read on the beach, I think I might disappoint you. Because actually, forgiveness is, is not like the sort of fragrance we can squirt around in the high church like the, um, like the incense. It's not like that. It's meaty, it's gritty, it takes determination, it's serious. But boy, if you get the hang of it, it's life-changing. It brings healing. So I'd hope that when we get to the end of digging deeper tonight... And you, we come to the end and you think, oh, what was that was about? I hope you're going to think, wow, I really need to get my head around that one. Not because I've talked for a long time, I promise I won't. Not because what I've said has been complex or difficult to grasp. No. Because if you grasp it, it's life-changing. So, Simon talked about uh, forgiveness and how we do, we, it's central to our faith. And we often pray the Lord's Prayer, don't we, as, as Jesus taught us to do. Um, but I wonder how much we really take on board those words that say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I don't know about you, but when I went to a, a Christian school when I was a little girl, and we used to say it every day, you know, oh, no, no, forgive us our sins as we forgive us against us. It never really sunk in. It's only quite recently, actually, that I've really grasped. Actually, if I don't forgive other people, my Heavenly Father won't be able to forgive me. Wow. And that, but that is the stunning truth, isn't it? If we don't forgive others, God won't forgive us. 
We're only forgiven if we forgive. And um, the scriptures are, are the, the New Testament is peppered with this truth, isn't it? Peppered with it. Um, but the fact that we're forgiven is huge, isn't it? Massive topic. We could talk about that for a week. What I want to talk about tonight, in particular, is our need to forgive other people. It's a wonderful thing that God forgives us, isn't it? I can't get my head around that. God's grace, the way he forgives us, is astonishing. But tonight I want to think about what we have to do in order to be forgiven. The release that forgiving others can bring us. So, unforgiveness, what does it look like? Well... How does it start, for a start? I mean, you might feel you've had a fairly uneventful life. You might feel that you haven't been too hard done by. I'm glad to hear it. Some people, of course, have huge things that happen in their life, and we're going to talk about some of those, um, where there are clear things that they need to forgive people for. I don't know if they've been in an accident, someone might have driven into them, or they they might have had terrible trauma where we're going to talk about some people who've had children, people in the family murdered and things like that, massive things. But in everyday life, there's stuff too, isn't there, that damages us, that people do to us, the ways that people hurt us, that we need to forgive them for. I know for me, I really had to struggle with... You, you, forgive me if you've heard me talk about this guy before, and it's probably because I had to forgive him the, the way I, I had to think about him quite a lot. My maths teacher, when I was at uh, high school, before Carrie's laughing because she's heard it, me say this a lot of times, but, but I, I struggled a bit with maths. And um, my maths teacher said one day in front of the whole class, he said, Heather, you'll never get maths so level. Now, what I heard was, not Heather, you didn't do very well in your homework this week and I'm not very pleased with you. What I heard was, you're useless. You can't do figures for Toffee. No matter how, much, how hard you work, you'll never get it. Okay, and, and it really damaged me, actually. It did. It just, it just did something to me that was quite profound and I really believed and took on board that I, actually I was rubbish at maths, never could do it, never would. I'd like to tell you that I did get maths so level. I can't, just, I can't resist just telling you that. He was wrong. But anyway, that didn't help the fact that I, I, it, I had to forgive him. You know, that was something that I had to make a positive um, decision to do. So whatever it is in life that, that you've been hurt by, big or, or apparently small, um, all of us, I think, need, need to find forgiveness for other people in some way. And if we don't, then we tend to be haunted by hurt, don't we? I know in Mr Bailey, I, you know, I thought about it year on year on year. I wouldn't like to tell you how many years ago it was he said that. But, you know, it's, um, it, it, can, it can take a long time. But we, we, we rehearse these things, don't we? We can be haunted by the incident, haunted by that person that did us a wrong or a disservice. Um, and we can often attempt to bury the pain, to pretend it didn't happen, to tuck it away somewhere. Um, but this just leads us, leads us into, to, to, well, we think we might think we've hidden it, but actually it can make, lead us into having very negative thought patterns or um, just, uh, just trying to deny the pain in such, a, in such a way that it pops up. Like for me, with, I'm sorry to go on about it, but the math thing made me feel that I was rubbish academically, that I wasn't going to achieve anything, and that popped up in de- various aspects that had nothing to do with maths. You know, we try and hide the pain and push it down and deny it, which doesn't help, it's not healthy at all. Um, and, of course, we can always take revenge. There is, there is revenge, and that's a very cruel and nasty thing because, of course, it, built, it puts layers of pain, layers of damage um, within us and other people. So that, you know, um, revenge causes revenge, causes hatred, and it just layers the pain. Don't never, never brings healing. 
And we kid ourselves, don't we, sometimes? We kid ourselves that we're over it, no matter what we've done, how serious it was, we're over it. But actually, what we're, what we're saying is under grace, I don't need to worry about that, I'm under grace, is actually under the carpet, we've shoved it away. And not dealt with it, not addressed it. And all these sorts of things, all these things I've mentioned, the way we try and get round the, the forgiveness, that, uh, the unforgiveness that we're harbouring, lead to what we call a root of bitterness. And what all that means is that it's, a, it's about a way of behaving and a way of reacting that becomes part of the way we are because of, the, of what we're trying to hide. I brought this to show you. I don't know much about gardening, but this is a root. I'm going to tell you that it's a root of a weed, a horrible, nasty plant. I hope that's true. But it is a root. And um, this grows, Phil found this when he was uh, doing some digging in our garden. And uh, it was growing along uh, in some soil that we wanted to grow something nice and uh, nice in. But there's a labyrinth of these things under the ground stopping us, prevent growing anything that was good. But no, we couldn't see this. We didn't know they were there. We didn't know it was there. Um, but it was there under the surface stopping anything good that was planted from growing. And this is what happens in our lives. These roots of bitterness grow amongst our, our feelings and our, and our being and the way we are and the way we tick and stop us being the way God wants us to be. So we have to root these out. And um, I'm going to come on to how we, how we do that. But that's what happens. These roots develop under the surface and affect us in all sorts of ways. And it's bitter. It's bitter. It leaves a bitter taste, a bitter makes us bitter in the way we are and the way we react to other people. And um, another, thing, another thing we do is it, it causes us to um, build up patterns of, of thinking in certain situations. Like, for instance, if someone had been hurt, I don't know, in a marriage, maybe, they might, they might develop a way of thinking that says, oh, I'm never going to trust a woman again. I'm never going to trust a woman of that type again or someone that's been robbed by someone might say, I'm never going to trust a person of that age again, or I'm never going to get let anyone... Or if they've been hurt emotionally, they might think, I'm never going to let anyone get close to me emotionally ever again. Or they've shared something deep with someone and it's been betrayed, and they say to themselves, and they vow to themselves, I'm never going to share for myself again. And that's like a bondage, can you see? That's like some, it's something that ties us up. And, and screws us up and gets us, it, it, it exacerbates the bitterness. So, I, I think there's, what, there's one other thing I want to say on this, what it's like when, you, when, you, when you're under unforgiveness, when you've got unforgiveness in your life, is that it often, and the, as this is something I've only just come to learn, it damages our relationship with God. If you've had something that's hurtful in your life, you come to God and you say, God, this has happened to me and I'm, and I'm unhappy, please help me in this. And of course he's there for you. But actually what we find is until you reach a point where you can forgive the person that's done that damage to you or caused you that pain, it's difficult to really meet with God on it. And it's, we find that when, when, he, when true forgiveness comes, then we meet with God. And sometimes, when people are finding it difficult, finding their relationship with God difficult, when God seems distant, maybe for years they've been trying to, get, to develop a more personal relationship with God. Sometimes we find in prayer that actually it's because there's a root of unforgiveness. There's some area of their life when they're not forgiving someone that's done 
but that's been hurtful to them or caused them damage. And sometimes when they reach that point of forgiveness, there's a breakthrough in their relationship with God. Sometimes that breakthrough can be in terms of physical healing. Sometimes people are so wrapped up in bitterness and hurt because of unforgiveness that it causes physical pain, physical illness. And when they reach that point of forgiveness, sometimes physical pain and illness disappears too because God heals it when we come to him as, as he wants us to. Sorry, I'm a bit dry. Hmm. So, what is forgiveness? If I, if I had more time, I'd love to ask you, what is forgiveness? And, uh, no, I can't. I can't. I must press on. I'd love to do that. Forgiveness is not. You see, I think some of these things that I've got up here that say forgiveness is not are things that prevent us from, from getting on with forgiveness because we think that they're things that forgiveness are, if that makes sense. So if I tell you some of the things that, that, that I've discovered forgiveness is not, it might help you to uh, maybe, maybe venture down that route and think, oh, I might be able to do that. I might be able to do that after all, if it's not some of these things. Okay, it's forgiveness is not saying that what was done was not important. I want to read you something that uh, was said by G. Walker. Well, no, this is, this is an article from The Independent, actually, about G. Walker. Now, G. Walker, do you remember, about uh, 18 months ago now, her son was in a park in Liverpool, and he was, um, he was attacked, and um, I'll read this to you, and uh, see if you think, when I've read this, that, say, that forgiveness, see if you agree with me that forgiveness is not saying that what was done was not important. She said this. She, well, this is, what, this is her story. G. Walker's son, 18-year-old 18, 18 son, Anthony, was killed in an attack in Liverpool. The attack was racially motivated and Anthony was found with an axe in his head. Yet when two youths were accused of the killing of her son, Mrs. Walker astonished the nation by announcing that she forgave the murderers. This week, this was a couple of months ago, this is from The Independent, she gave another interview into, in which she elaborated that she feels no hate for them whatsoever. And indeed, she wanted to find out what lay beneath the hate that led them to kill her son. I just feel like, what's missing in their lives, she said. I know it's strange, but it's true. I'd love to do the motherly thing and sit them down and find out why. But as for hate, none at all. I just feel sadness. Now, do you think there's one thing about that, that woman and what she said and what she did, that made what happened to her son any less important? Not one jot, does it? And yet, we think that sometimes, don't we? We think, I think, that if we forgive, it means that what happened was less important. It's not true. Forgiveness is not about putting the past behind us. In fact, at the point of forgiveness, it's more about remembering clearly than it is forgetting. Because you have to really face it to deal with it. It's not about pushing it away. It's not about reversing or cancelling what happened. There will still be consequences of what happened. 
if it was an accident and someone was scarred or maimed, someone's got a scar on their face, say, that scar remains, doesn't it? It doesn't remove what happened. The person who, the perpetrator, the person who, who caused the crime or whatever happened may still have a, a prison sentence to, to serve. It doesn't cancel that. It doesn't cancel any consequences. It doesn't reverse anything. But it stops the bitterness developing and it draws a, a clean line between the, the person who's been hurt and the person who's done the damage. And I'm going to come back to that. I'll say a bit more about that. It's not the same as reconciliation. That's something else people think. Is I can't forgive because I could never be reconciled with that person. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in one sense. I mean, clearly reconciliation is a good thing, isn't it? And there can't be, it's sure you can't, there can't be reconciliation without forgiveness, but there can be forgiveness without reconciliation. You don't have to make friends with the person. You don't have to, you don't have to, to, to behave with them as if nothing ever happened. It doesn't mean that there has to be reconciliation. Indeed, in fact, of course, the person you need to forgive may be long gone, may be dead and buried. There might be no hope of reconciliation whatsoever. It's not forgiveness is not dependent on that. But sometimes we think it is, don't we? Sometimes we use that as an excuse not to forgive. Another thing that we, say, we think about forgiveness, I think, is that if I forgive, I can't forgive because I'll never get over this pain. Forgiving isn't an instant analgesic. It doesn't mean that the pain will go away if you forgive. And crucially, it doesn't mean that if you still feel the pain, you haven't forgiven. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. If you still feel the pain, it doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven. The pain can still be there. It's often still there. For a while, for a time, it fades, and I'll talk a bit more about that, but it's not, forgiveness is not, doesn't necessarily mean that the pain is gone. I think this next one's really important. It's not a thing that weak people do. Sometimes it's seen as weak, don't you think? Sometimes you might think, oh, that was such terrible damage that was done to me. It would be really weak of me. I would be giving up to them if uh, they would have won if I forgive them. It's not true. It's not true. Let me. I want to read you something in contrast to um, G. Walker. G. Walker is the, 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 the woman I read at the start whose son, whose son Anthony was murdered, and she said, there's no hate. Remember? In contrast to that, I want to read you something very short that um, Winnie Johnson, who's the mother of Keith Bennett, said. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not judging this woman in any way. I have no idea what it's like to have a child murdered. Okay, I can't begin to understand. I'm just using it to illustrate the point about which is stronger, which is weaker, to forgive or not to forgive. We've heard the strength in G. Walker's comment, haven't we? I think that was tremendously strong, saying there was no hate. In contrast, Winnie Johnson, who is 72, she's the mother of the only victim of Ian Brady and Myra Hinley, who's, she's the, who's the only victim that, whose body wasn't found. She said she could never, ever forgive them. Keith was 12 when he, dis when he, when he disappeared in 1964. She still says that, I can never, ever forgive them which I can understand. I'm not, saying, I'm not judging that. 
I can never forgive them. She said when Myra Hindley died in 2002, she said, I hope she goes to hell. Which is the stronger response? Is it G. Walker or is it Winnie Johnson? Do you still think that forgiveness is a weak thing to do? <coughs> but people do think that sometimes. Forgiveness isn't always something that can be done once. I think this is, this is a, a trap I've fallen into in the past, where I've thought, I've tried to forgive someone, and I've come before God and I've said a prayer, and the next day I'm thinking about it again, and I'm thinking, I'm not feeling comfortable with it again, and I'm thinking, so I'm thinking, I failed. I didn't forgive them. I'm rubbish. I'm rubbish at forgiving. It was, you know, I haven't done it. But actually, Sometimes we need to do it over and over again. Sometimes when we decide to forgive, it's the start of a process. And we have to come to it again and say, God, I'm sorry I failed again, but please, I, want to, I really want to do this. It's not of, it's, oh, if it's something big, if it's something that's affected you deeply, sometimes you have to revisit it several times and over again, over and over again. It's not necessarily a single event. Hmm. Another reason why people don't forgive, I think, is that they feel that it means that if they forgive someone, they have to trust them. Forgiveness is not the same as trust. They feel that if they forgive someone, for instance, they have to stay with them. Say, say it was, um, say it was um, a marriage relationship where there was, it was an abusive relationship, say, um, and the wife thought, I can't, I, I, need, to, I need to get out of here because I'm, I'm terrible, facing terrible abuse. I can't forgive my husband because if I do, I'll have to stay. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. And there was a t I read a, about a terrible case that illustrates this rather well and very sadly. In um, a church in America, um, there was a, a man who was found to be a paedophile. And um, he, he, he was found out and taken to court and prosecuted locally. And the church stood by the guy and they said, when he came, to, he came to them and to God for forgiveness, and he said to the church, I'm sorry, I know what I've done is wrong. That church mistook forgiveness for trust. They thought that because they'd forgiven him, or he'd come to them for forgiveness, they had to trust him. And they put him back in the Sunday school. And he abused again. Forgiveness is not the same as trust. It's not the same. It doesn't mean you have to stay in a situation. It doesn't mean you have to get on with it. Not the same. That's what forgiveness is not. Okay. So what is it? What is forgiveness? Well, forgiveness is first and foremost, always at first, an act of will. It's a decision. This is what I'm going to do, whatever I feel like. If you wait till you feel like forgiving, you'll probably wait forever. And that's, what, that's the simple thing that stops many of us for a long time, I think. It's an act of will. It's a decision. This is what I'm going to do. Um, Denise Green, in 1999, Denise Green discovered that their son, William, who had been treated at Liverpool's Older Hay Children's Hospital in 1992 and who later died, was one of the hundreds of children whose organs were removed without consent for research purposes. 
And what she said was, and this is, I think this is, is relevant here about it being an act of will. What she said was, what happened was out of my control, but how I respond is within my control. So whatever she felt like, however out of, out of control she felt, she could decide that her response was going to be of a certain kind, and that was, a, that was of forgiveness. Forgiveness is setting, settling accounts. Not about, it's, it's about, it's about handing over the debt to God to settle. After all, whatever people have done in this life, they will have to stand before God. God will be their judge. God will, God is a just God. He deals with all sin everywhere. So it's not about, it is about settling accounts. It's about, but it's about giving the account to God to settle, instead of carrying it around trying to settle it yourself. To forgive someone is to release them from the debt they owe to you. It's not saying that the debt will remain unpaid. It's transferring the debt. Some companies buy debts, don't they? God will take it if you give it to him. You give your debt to God. You don't dismiss it, but you stop carrying it around and and carrying it as a bitterness that's within you, something that damages you. You give it away. You say, God, you take it. You take it. And that person remains accountable to God. You let them off your hook and then put them into God's hand. So it's releasing someone from their debt to you. Something else that forgiveness is, certainly is, is a very powerful thing. It's a, partic- it's a powerful thing in, for us as Christians, isn't it, for all the reasons we've talked about. It's powerful because God forgives us. It's powerful because we forgive other people. When we forgive other people, it's powerful. But it's powerful in society too, you know, when they see it. And when society around who don't know God see it in action, it can be profoundly, profound in its effect and significance and powerful. And um, as an example of that, I want to read you another article from The Independent. And this is Gordon Wilson. You'll know, uh, I think you remember him. Acts of forgiveness are powerful, says The Independent too. They agree with me. Gordon Wilson was standing at the War Memorial in Enskillen for the annual Remembrance Day service in 1987 when the IRA bomb exploded. Eleven people were killed, including Mr. Wilson's daughter, Marie. The world was touched when, in a crackling voice of grief, he told how he clutched her hand as they lay beneath the rubble. And then he said... I've lost my daughter, and we shall miss her. But I bear no ill will. I bear no grudge. Dirtiest talk at all is not going to bring her back to life. She was a great wee lassie. She loved her profession. She was a pet. She's dead. Forgiveness did not diminish his grief. It magnified it. The moment became a turning point in Ulster's history as the Sinn Féin president, Gerry Adams, was forced to declare that another such atrocity would utterly undermine the Republican cause. Forgiveness is a powerful thing, a powerful thing in many ways. And forgiveness is possible. Whatever you think about what's happened to you, forgiveness is possible. 
we've seen lots of illustrations I've read to you about lots of people who have forgiven against all the odds. But what about what God did for us as well? It says in Romans 5, 8, doesn't it? God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It can be done. And Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's what Jesus said on the cross, as you know so well. So forgiveness is all those things, and it is, it is possible. Whatever you think. There are some really tough things in the forgiveness, aren't there? I mean, you know, without me listing them, you know what they are. They're, they're really, really difficult. I told you it was gritty, it's tough, it's challenging, it takes determination. And these are, I just picked these two tough aspects of forgiveness out, just to, to say a couple more words about. Um, if we're going to really come before God and deal with this stuff, if we're going to fight, heal the relationship between ourselves and God that is broken through unforgiveness, we have to crack this thing about seeking forgiveness ourselves for the way we respond when we're hurt. If someone damages us or is cruel to us or abuses us or murders someone close to us, we might think, we might well think, well, they did that to me. I'm not to blame. It wasn't my fault. You understand that? But actually, what about our reaction to that? What about our reaction to what they did? Did we, were we judgmental? Did it make us bitter? Did, it, um, you know, did, it, did we react in some negative way? I expect so. I don't think we'd be human if we didn't. So whatever is done to us, all, always we have to find our own fault in that and come to before God and ask for forgiveness for our reaction. You know, it's not all about them. We have to forgive, come to God and ask God forgiveness for the way we have behaved in response to what's been done to us. That's quite hard to get your head around, I think. It took me, I, you know, I really had to think of that one through. Because when I came to, to deal with some of the stuff that, that I'd experienced in my life, it hadn't occurred to me that I needed to ask for forgiveness for my part in that and for my response to that. But it's key. If we're really going to heal that relationship with God, we have to sweep all that unforgiveness aside. And that includes, but in, and in doing that, we, mean, we, we need, to, we need to, to seek forgiveness for ourselves and what we've done in our reaction to what's been done to us. The other thing that's difficult is, is um, to forgive ourselves. You see, we don't always think of that, do we? We don't think of that. I was talking to um, someone, this praying with someone last week. Her name's Paula, and none of you will know her. She lives miles from here. But she was talking through some of the pain in her lives with me, and we, we were praying through some stuff. And you know, she'd had a terrible life. She, um, all sorts of things had happened to her. You'd think it was from a book. Um, her mother died when she was three, and no one told her. No one told her. And yet suddenly there was another woman living with her dad who became her mother, you know? She was abused by her father. She was rejected here, there, and everywhere. She had a terrible life. And we talked through that. And you know, she dealt with all that. She'd forgiven everyone involved. She was free from all that pain. It's a wonderful thing because she'd forgiven them. But there was one thing that when she mentioned it, even though it was 25 years ago, brought the tears streaming down her face. And that was 
Well, some of you understand about pets and dogs and how a dog can be part of the family, right? Can be part of the family. She'd had a dog 25 years ago who was ill and on the morning that she was going out to leave him, um, he wasn't well and she'd left him some water. Turned out to be not enough water. And he died on his own in the house. She took a decision to go to work that morning. She didn't stay with the dog. Now for her... She needed to deal with that moment that she had decided to leave the dog that morning. She dealt with all the pain of all the other stuff other people had done to her, but she'd never forgiven herself for that morning that she decided to do something which hurt someone in her family, her, her dog, as it was. Do you see what I'm saying? She, after all these years, she needed to deal with forgiving herself. She'd never done that. And that was the most difficult, it was the, one of the last things she had to do to find real freedom. Real freedom. She had to forgive herself. So there may be stuff in your life and mine that we really have to consider. What do we have to forgive ourselves for? What have we done that we need to let ourselves off the hook for and leave what we've done with God? Okay, so how do we do this forgiveness thing? How do we do it? If it's so important, if it's going to bring so much freedom, if it's going to transform our relationship with God and other people, it's got to be worth having, hasn't it? How do we do it? It's tricky. It's tough. It's got to be really determined. So, very practically, I think we have to come to a point where we come before God and we say, right, I mean this. I'm going to do business on this one. I've carried, probably carried this round for years and years, but I'm going to do something about this now, God. And I think at this point it's helpful, when you, when you decide you're going to, do, to come before God on this, it's helpful to um, count the cost, not sweep it under the carpet, as we've talked about, not pretend it didn't happen, not think, oh, well, it wasn't that bad, really. No, count the cost. Look at what the damage has done. Look at what it's cost you. This forgiveness is going to be real. Some people find it useful to write an invoice, to actually write down, this is what I'm owed. This is the pain that was done to me. This is how I feel about it. Some people write it down and bring it before God. Say, this is the debt. And then say, I'm going to give it to you, God. Here it is. Over to you to pay that one, thank you very much. I don't want to carry it any longer. Because I know it's not going to be paid to me. I'm just going to carry it around the rest of my life, making me bitter. I'm going to give it to you to deal with. I think it's really helpful at this point if you can be, have, have mercy on the person that's done the wrong to you. You know, when we talked about G. Walker, the uh, mother of the, guy, the boy, Anthony, who was murdered, she said, didn't she, I want to understand those boys. I want to know what happened to them. Why? There was compassion for them. That's remarkable. And if you can find it in your heart, to bless those people that have wronged you. It's a wonderful thing. I think we need to ask God to forgive us for our unforgiveness to that point, for harbouring the bitterness we have, that we have. And then to say to God, I forgive that debt to me. I give it to you. And then release it. Let it go. Let it go. Give it to him. Say, no more. I don't want it. I give it to you. And we might have to do that several times. You know, we might have to do that again and again. But ask God to help you in that. And it really helps to pray 
pray for healing, pray to say to God, I'm sorry, heal the damage that's been done and I really want to heal my relationship with you that's been damaged because of my unforgiveness and all that I've been carrying around for years. And we find it does help to pray with other people. Pray with other people about it too. If you've got some trusted friend that you can talk about it with, um, you'd be surprised how welcoming people are and how glad to pray with you people will be and maybe share something of their journey with you too. Now, I'm conscious that I've made that sound real. You know, now I've told you about it. You can just sit down and do this. No, I'm not, I'm not claiming it's easy at all. But this is one approach that you might find helpful with God's help. Then, when you've come to that point and talked to God about it and brought it before God and done all those things we've talked about, you have to live it. Now, this is a bit like Simon was saying this morning. If you were here this morning, you would have heard Simon saying, forgive me if I get this wrong, Simon, but it was something like, because I was listening fully, it was something like, um, if you rely on your feelings, you're, you're going to keep falling back into the same old traps. If you behave in the way that you believe God is teaching you and showing you, then the feelings will follow. Is that right? Okay. So that's, you have to do that. Live it. Live the forgiveness. Sweep away the bitterness. Bless the person who's hurt you, not curse them. Don't keep rehearsing over and over what happened. Let it go. Live it. Live the forgiveness. Seek God's help, sure. Because we don't do this alone. It does take grit and determination. But I kind of think that in, in this sort of situation, God's a bit like, um, oh, forgive me, okay, but a bit like a nicotine patch. If you're trying to give up smoking, you know, it must be really hard. It must be really hard. If you've got a habit that you've, you haven't, you've been had for many, many years and you've got to just decide, right, I'm going to stop smoking. Some people manage it that way, don't they? But it's an awful lot easier if you've got a little patch on your arm that's helping you through it that's giving you a bit of what you need to get you through. And if you ask God to help you, he'll do that for you. He'll be that patch that just helps you along the way and walks with you. Don't rely on your feelings we've talked about. Bless those who have hurt you and pray with others. And if after tonight there's something I've said that has uh, struck a chord with you or something you want to move on in, and you haven't got anyone to pray with, or you want to talk to me, I, you know, and one of us will pray with you. We'd be very glad to. We'd be very glad to do that. So, what about you and me? I thought, you know, when we got to this point, and I've gone over a few things, it might be useful for us to just spend a few minutes thinking about where we stand on this one. I think, I suspect there's very few people who've got this sorted fully. You know, everyone in their life, oh, forgiven, just like that. I wonder if there's anybody like that, if not me. So I thought just a few minutes to go in through these questions for you to think about. I'm not going to pick on anyone. No, I won't pick on anyone. <laughs> um, who do you need to forgive in your life? Now, sometimes... Uh, this is, this is, goes right back to parents. Our poor old parents often get this, don't they? they? They often get blamed and we need to forgive them. And I think it's really because we spend so much of our life in deep relationship with parents, don't we? Probably more than anyone else. Um, maybe it's your parents or your uh, siblings or your brother or sister or, or, your, or your relations or maybe it was an employer who did something or said something that hurt you or damaged you. Teachers. Teachers are very powerful, aren't they? And things they say to us, things they believe about us, things they do to us. Teachers. 
people at church. Ooh, yes, might be some there to consider. People in the shop. Person who drive, drove his car into yours, maybe. So, who is it for you? Who do you need to forgive? And what might you need to forgive yourself for? What have you done over the years? Hmm? Oh, if only I could read your minds. What have you done in your life from the youngest age right up to the present day? Or what are you planning to do tomorrow? What do you need to forgive yourself for? Oh, yes, I can think of something for myself. What is it you need to forgive yourself for? Yourself for? Not anyone else, not what they've done to you, but what have you done that you really shouldn't have, that you're carrying? You're carrying now. Maybe you don't want that freedom. Maybe you'd like to carry the bondage around with you, thank you very much, because it's comfortable, the pain. Carry the pain around with you, because it's a defence, isn't it? It makes you feel a bit better. You know, oh, well, they did that to me, but I, oh, I hate them, so it's all right. <laughs> carry it. Makes you feel better, doesn't it? It's you. Maybe you don't want to let it go. Do you want to let it go? You can. You really can. And I suppose what I'm saying here is, how can we not forgive when we see what God has done for us? That Christ died for us while we were still sinners. How can we not, when God sent his only son who had never done anything wrong, to die for us so that we might have forgiveness? How can we not forgive other people? What they do to us seems so trivial in comparison, doesn't it? Whatever it is, so trivial. And I want to ask you then, so after all you've heard tonight, what action will you take? Or none? Maybe you think you've got it sorted. Maybe you don't want to take any action. What action will you take? Is it no action or is it something you're going to do? Something you're going to do differently, you're going to do about this. I'm going to read you a poem that you, I, don't think, I don't think you'll be able to see on there. Um, I'll take it off there because it's too... I don't want you all squinting to see if you can see it and you certainly won't read it on your notes. It's, it's a very old poem... And I was in two minds whether to read it to you or not, but I will, because it just sums up what we've been talking about, I think. It's called You Hold the Key. That's you, okay? You and me, we hold the key to this. Nobody else, not the person who's done us wrong. They don't hold any key to our lives. We hold the key to cracking this one. You Hold the Key by Anne Gear. <coughs> says, You've made for yourself a prison of pain. The bars are your hate and revenge forms your chain. I've felt every tear that you've ever shed, and I'm willing to free you and carry you instead. I am the door through which freedom is found, but you've got the key to walk free or stay bound. The cost is forgiveness of all who hurt you, but the prize is my wholeness, a life that's brand new. You see, my dear child, it's not what folks do, it's your reaction to them that damages you. Stop blaming others, that's where you must start, because the root of your healing is accepting your part. Your feelings of forgiveness might be totally nil, but it's obedience I'm after, an act of your will. I made your emotions wholesome and good, they're damaged at present 
don't work as they should. Through your act of forgiveness, my healing's released. I'll transform your emotions and replace pain with peace. But allow yourself time for your wounds to be healed. For by forgiveness and love, your healing is sealed.